We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. guys joining the show now is my guy joe osborne from oddshark.com joe was on the show a while ago during the divisional round of the playoffs joe do you remember just absolutely clowning all of us by telling us to take the chiefs and take the pats and taking all those games well i don't remember i remember coming on i don't remember clowning you by any means but you know i, I do a lot of these things so uh Sometimes I forget the specific details, but I'm happy to hear that that was, uh, that was the outcome <laughs> of my appearance. Yeah, I just remember uh, it, it was the week before in the wild card. I believe three underdogs won, and uh, all the dogs covered. It was one of those kind of weeks, and you were telling us, hey, guys, yeah. just, just be careful. You know, over time, when it's an all-dog week, it's going to be the favorites. And I, I'm pretty sure in the divisional round, all four favorites covered that that weekend so you were spot on right on yeah i did all right in playoffs last year finished up pretty good in super bowl too with the patriots and a bunch of props so hopefully i can finish that this year strongly as well yeah i can't believe it's week 15 man do you ever just sit back and wonder you know we get so excited for football to be here and then before you know it it's you know it's it's christmas basically well, man, working in sports media, it's kind of like uh, not Groundhog Day, but Groundhog Week. And you get used to the routine of it. So, you know, Monday, 
you start looking at the week ahead and looking at every single game, seeing what trends are out there, looking at the injury reports, looking at strengths versus weaknesses. And you do that all week and you build up to, you know, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, it happens. And then you start over again. So you do that for 17 straight weeks and the playoffs get here. And then, uh, uh, yeah, then it goes away and you miss it and you do it all over again uh, the next year. So it's an absolute blast. Yeah, rinse and repeat pretty much every day, every month, every year for, for probably the rest of our lives as we go about this. So, Joe, I, I got to ask you, man, um, one of my one of my things has always been about the legalization of sports betting. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're from you're from Canada, right? Yes, sir. We're uh, lo- I'm located up in Canada, up on the East Coast up here. Okay, yeah, I mean the accent gives it away to the the tremendous. Uh, you hit me with the A before <laughs> when you when you answered the phone, but yeah. you know uh, yeah. the legalization of sports betting has always been a water cooler talk discussion here in the states. It's always been one where people are super against it and super for it, and one of the biggest talking points has always been, well, it's gonna you know destroy the integrity of the game and. Every now and then you have incidents like this Josh Shaw incident, the player from the Cardinals, and I really wanted to get you on to try to shine a little light on this. The Josh Shaw incident, what what can you tell the people about it? Well, it's, it's pretty funny. First of all, it's basically the guy uh, defense back on the Cardinals uh, suspended for the rest of the season because he did a parlay with his own team on it. I believe he was betting against the Cardinals on that parlay, which is probably a smart bet. Yeah, yeah. So I, at, least, at, least he's, at least he's sharp. We can give him that. Yeah, yeah, especially a money line bet against the Cardinals, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, he, he did this. I'm not sure where exactly he placed a bet, but it was something where you needed to uh, like fill out some type of document with your with your information on it, and you need to put your occupation on it, and he put professional football player. So, you know, you hate to make fun of the guy and call him names and stuff, but, you know, how moronic does it get? And I don't think it's a question of integrity, um, like him throwing the game by any means. I I think he's just like the rest of us. He was doing it for entertainment purposes. And, um, you know, I I don't think we're going to run into too many incidents like this, like at the highest level of sports. Look at these contracts they're handing out in Major League Baseball. Uh, there's only so much money that a guy can make betting against his team or on his team. And, you know, most sports books have limits, too. You think Anthony Rendon's going to be placing bets on or against the Angels, all the money he signed? So, yeah, it was uh, – it's, it's funny is what it is just because of how dim-witted and moronic it is. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll see a few stories like this pop up uh, every year. Yeah, you know, so I actually have the casino. It was uh, Caesar's Sportsbook in Las Vegas. And Josh Shaw, it's important for people to remember that he hasn't played with the Cardinals since he signed with them. You know, he's been on IR. And yeah, oh, okay. you know, the the uh, the idea of uh, lack of self-awareness, this is an all-time example of no self-awareness here, putting your, your occupation. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty boneheaded, right? And, and like I said, I think he, he was doing it just like the rest of us, purely right. for entertainment purposes. But yeah, you got to have some common sense. And I'm sure there's situations where guys want to place bets. Get your buddy to go do it for you. Get him the uh, the money to go do it. And get him to fill out the forms. And then uh, you're still making a bet. You're going in on it with your buddy. But uh, 
You know, this was this was one of my my strong takes that I've had because I've been I've been a sports betting fan, Joe, my whole life. You know, I, I've told the story many times where my uncle would come over and he'd give me those parlay cards from Delaware. You know, I'm I'm born and raised in New York, and he would tell me, "Hey, buddy, pick a couple games." And I'll never forget the first time I picked games. What was I seven, eight years old? I I didn't know a clue of what I was doing. Apparently, I picked the parlay correct. The next week, he gave me 20 bucks, and I just remember saying, oh, this must be easy. Well, fun fact, it's not easy at all. So I've always been very passionate about this, and my whole thing was always, you know, the sports books are the ones that police this kind of stuff, right? They, The last thing they want to do is lose money, right? Vegas has discovered frauds in the past. They want the honest game. So how do you feel about people that question the integrity of the game or any game when something like this happens? I don't know. I just don't feel that they're knowledgeable enough about it, really. Like, sports books have limits and stuff like that. You can't, you can't walk into a sports book on any given night and put $5 million down on an NHL game, for example, right? Like, maybe they take big action like that on a big fight. And, of course, things like... Super Bowl, but yeah, I, I just don't think people are, are educated enough on it. I remember uh, Al Leiter, the uh, the baseball uh, commentator, former player, I think he's on the MLB Network. He was thinking that sports books were going to be booking millions of dollars on ball and strike calls, like in live MLB betting, and that's a perfect example of people just not knowing enough about it. So, you know, you're going to see incidents like that Josh Shaw thing. Um, but mainly, I think the stigma is slowly, slowly going to go away where people will start to look at it as uh, entertainment, just like anything else. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's always been the the giant elephant in the room, for example, that no one wanted to discuss, but pretty much everyone did or knew about. And, you know, I think when you, regu- when you have sports books and, and sports betting is regulated, it decreases, like, corruption in, in professional sports. Because the other example that I like to use is you know, if Joe, if you're if you're someone that wants to go up to, um, you know, like you mentioned, Anthony Rendon, like how much can you possibly give Rendon to sacrifice at bats and to throw a game? Like it's just not realistic for a professional athlete. Where I think the issue might come is if you, Joe, go up to a kid who plays at Hofstra University. And you tell them, hey, here's $50,000, the old Boston College incident. Yeah, I mean, there's countless examples of that, too. Stuff with the mafia getting involved for, you know, point shaving and and the Tim Donaghy Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, But listen, uh, you know, I don't think that type of thing is necessarily going to increase because people are acting like uh, you haven't been able to bet ever before in the history of sports, right? It hasn't matter where you've lived in the States. You can go online. You can have people uh, book action in Las Vegas, for example, and and that's kind of something that people are, are ignorant to a little bit, right? Like you could pop your cell phone out, basically anywhere, and get onto a, uh, a online sports book and place a bet. So you've been able to bet for decades now, and uh, like I said, it's just something people, some people have been ignorant to. Yeah, you mentioned the NBA ref Tim Donahue. Uh- I also want to point out that you know he wasn't making he he wasn't making those bets at the sports books, you know he was making those bets illegally, and that was more likely to happen when you couldn't go to a sports book 
than if it was because if sure. you know if you're if you're a pit boss at a sports book if you're a bookmaker and you see an NBA ref you're like hold on wait wait a second time out folks let's, <laughs> let, let's review what's happening right now you know where when he probably did it with you know Bob down the block at the liquor store who was a bookie then that's completely different sure I mean yeah you, you can absolutely police it better now just like the legalization of marijuana you know uh, you can track this stuff and uh, you can see who's coming and going and yeah you, you can police it better so it, it's actually probably safer so, something that I think that you can uh, police better and track better are, are trends over the years there's so many different outlets that have these like fantastic trends and I know you're you're affiliated and work with uh Work for um, Odd Shark, which is one of my favorite databases for all things sports betting. I I mentioned it last time you were on, man. I don't read many things on the internet, but your net yards per play is one of the sharpest tools and the, the best indicators to knowing whether or not a team is good or not. So once again, thank you for the work that you put there. Oh, you're welcome, man. Yeah, it's one of my favorite stats for uh, you know handicapping NFL games. Uh, there's no one sure stack to look at that's going to necessarily make you better, uh, better, better, but there's, you know, a bunch of things combined that can, and, uh, yeah, I appreciate the compliment. So what are, what are some of the trends that you've seen this year that maybe have surprised you? Maybe you weren't prepared for, maybe it's just now it's like actually a trend, right? Like you have those outlier things where, you know, for me this year, it's, there's been a lot of double digits, fa- uh, double digit favorites that have covered, and one of my things has always been to always take the double digit dog because, one, you're professional athletes, right? This isn't college football where teams are just going to get trounced by Alabama and Clemson, and two, it's just that you know you're talking about two, three extra possessions sometimes for teams. So, what are some of the surprise trends in sports betting that you've been seeing this year? Uh, the biggest one that's kind of been flying under the radar is uh, the under-hitting in primetime games. So Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, and Thursday Night Football. This is hitting at 64.3%. Now, that might not seem like that big of a deal, but if you look at the five previous years, it's only hitting 47.7% of games. Last 10 years, around 49%, very close to 50 So the unders in primetime have been an absolute goldmine. That said... We've got a couple weeks left here, and I can see that number coming down. Uh, you look at it over the years, and it usually ends up close to 50% in most instances. So this is the highest it's been hitting at in, uh, in the last 10 years of football. So that's a pretty crazy one. Uh, and also road teams. They're hitting at 56% this year. Now, that might not seem like that big of a deal, but if you consider that this is hundreds of games that uh, have been played, and this is another one. The home home team versus favorite thing against the spread, that usually ends up closer to 50%. So that's something that I thought would have came down uh, much more earlier than it has. It's coming down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, those are the two ones that are really standing out to me so far. Man, that so, – so basically what you're saying is we should maybe try to, uh, you know, get that positive regression to the mean and bet some of these overs here last couple of primetime games. Well, probably. I mean, if you're on the fence about the total, and mm-hmm. if you want to get a bet in, I would definitely lean the over. And that's without even looking at any of these numbers, just based on what we've seen, the pattern from previous years. It looks like that primetime under number is going to come down. Now, there's only a handful of games left, and still probably going to be end up at around 60%. But 
64.3% so far right now. Uh, I could definitely see that coming down. That's a that's a very interesting one because I, I feel like not enough people bet on totals. For, at least I shouldn't say that because I always just use like my group of friends kind of. I'm in a bubble here, Joe, yeah. where, where, you know, they're always like, nah, I'd rather just bet the side. And it's like, well, you actually get the same odds. Yeah. And, and sometimes those are even more enjoyable, you know, like. The over is always the more yeah. popular of the two bets because who wants to bet on no scoring? That's not fun. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, the uh, sometimes they say the square side is often the over side just because people enjoy betting on the over more. But uh, if you have time, I recommend looking at every single type of bet you can make, whether it be the side, the total, team total, first quarter, first half. There's a gold mine of money to be made out there with certain bet types. Like if you look at the uh, Baltimore Ravens, I think they're uh, nine and or probably ten and three in the first quarter of games so far this season against the spread. So uh, that's not the type of bet that most people make first quarter in the NFL. But uh, there's some pretty extreme records there. Oh man, my my favorite Joe. When I tell you my favorite bet across all sports, NBA playoffs. Team down, 0-2, coming home for game three, first half. Oh, yeah, the old uh, <laughs> the old zigzag. I love that one. Oh. I mean, the gold mine, the gold mine of NBA playoff betting was the Warriors in the third quarter. Yes. Not last year, but uh, in previous years, you know, when they were at their absolute peak, you would see them uh, come out a little bit sluggish, and then come out in the third quarter and just clobber the team almost every single time no matter who they were playing. So I think that was hitting at around 80% or something bananas like that. So that was an absolute gold mine. Guys, for those of you that are listening and don't understand what 80% is, you could basically go to your job and tell them, you know what, this shit isn't for me anymore. You can just bet on games if you're able to pick 80% <laughs> all the time. Speaking of picks, Joe, give me your favorite pick for Week 15, or even if it's one that kind of is – you know, like a head scratching line, whichever of the two works with, with me. You know, it looks like an obvious pick, uh, and I'm going to take it. All the numbers back it up. It's a tendency Titans at minus three over the Texans. Listen, Brian Tannehill, I don't know where, has completely transformed this team's offense, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but check out these stats. A few of my favorite things to look at. We talked about the yards per play. I also like looking at third down conversion percentage and red zone TD conversion percentage. Titans have a massive edge in all of these areas. Over the last three games, the Titans rank first and third down conversion percentage over the same span. Texans, 31st and third down defense. The Texans rank last in yards per play allowed on the road. The Titans rank seventh in yards per play at home. Titans lead the league in red zone TD conversion percentage, both overall and at home. The Texans rank 31st an opponent red zone TV conversion percentage and 28th over their last three games. Also, the Titans win when they're supposed to. They're 12 and 2 straight up in the last 14 games as a home favorite. They're also 8 and 2 straight up in ATS in their last 10 uh, divisional home games. So I think that's a really fair number. I think they should be favored by a little bit more. Uh, looking at the strengths versus weaknesses, the strength of the Titans offense versus the major weakness of the Texans defense. So I like Tennessee minus three. Man, Joe, you have some set. Of all the games, you picked the one with the most playoff ramifications. These two teams neck and neck in the AFC South. 
Uh, they play each other and two the of the numbers add up, man. Yeah, no, I like it. And you know what? The, the the Titans, I actually picked them in the beginning of the year to win their division. And one of the main reasons was, you know, there was speaking of trends, which were shocking. They had never beaten Andrew Luck as a Colt. Like when he started games, it was one of those things. And it was like, you know, let's just they yeah. they've been nine and seven the last three straight years. Right. Let's just give them one of the two wins, you know, and basically that's yeah. 10 and six. And, you know, so far. Yeah, you're right, though. Ryan Tannehill has really changed things for them. For me, though. One... Yeah, listen, man. Go on. I was going to say I'm a, I'm a disgraced Miami Dolphins fan. So ah. I know all too well about <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. And, uh, you know, uh, it, enough was enough of him in Miami. People ask me, like, oh, you're pissed off how well he's doing. Not at all. Because I don't think he was going to have that success in Miami. This is a classic change of scenery thing for a guy. You know, he spent half the season as a backup. He's playing with a better offensive line, uh, some better skill players. So, you know, I'm happy to see him doing well. He, he seems like a pretty decent dude. So, so good for him. Yeah, and I, I don't know why I said I started laughing when you said Dolphins, as if the shitty team that I root for, the Giants, are any better. At least you guys have a plan. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just going to suck and collect week, assets. Man. Yeah. Uh, all right, so for me, the pick that I think is, I don't know, I, I, I could see them blowing the doors off this team, but I also, it's just one of my things where I feel like it's a letdown spot here for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're a nine and a half point favorite at home against Denver. Denver has some momentum. They made the quarterback change to Drew Locke, a guy that they took relatively high in the, in the draft. But, you know, I'm just... Speaking of trends, I guess that's the common thing of uh, this episode. You know, we saw it with the Texans, right? They beat the Pats, let down the following week. We saw it with the Bills, where they beat the Cowboys on a big stage. Then, you know, let down. Baltimore is probably the best team in the league right now, but they didn't cover against the spread at home. I feel like it happens with young teams and young rosters. And, you know, the Chiefs, a team who maybe they had that revenge narrative going uh, against the team that beat them in the playoffs. In Division Two, if you're close to a double-digit favorite, it's just one of my trends that I like to do. So, I like the uh, the Denver Broncos at plus nine and a half here. Yeah, it's a big number, right? And I was a bit surprised to see it that high, considering you know the Broncos are coming on a little bit. But man, one thing I can't ignore about the Kansas City Chiefs is their domination within that division. Check this out, man. They're twenty-seven and three, straight up in their last thirty games versus divisional opponents, sixteen and four against the spread in their last 20. Um, all that said, I don't know, man. Patrick Mahomes hasn't really looked uh, like the MVP that we saw last season. So that game might be a bit of a stay away for me. But, you know, you had talked about maybe a, a letdown spot, maybe a classic trap game. I kind of see like the Atlanta Falcons at plus 11 and a half in San Francisco. I think that's too big of a number. 49ers coming off few very very emotional games right mm. uh in uh in baltimore they gave them a really good game and then they played their game in the season against the saints but the big thing here they have a few big injuries on their defense so i don't think the falcons will win that game by any means but i think they can give them a game and keep it inside of 10 points ah i like that one actually i like that one a lot this is this is what i meant guys he comes on and then he just you know politely backhand compliments us on the chiefs pick <laughs> That's my move, man. Joe, uh, last one. I, I've kept you a little bit longer than I than we planned to, but you're the man, and I appreciate it. Just give me one team that you would bet on right now. Uh, odds aside, value aside, that you would bet on house money uh, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, San Francisco 
showed me all that they needed to show me with that win in New Orleans. You know, uh, the Saints absolutely brought it. They would not take their foot off the gas, but the 49ers had an answer every single time. You know, there were some question marks about Jimmy Garoppolo going into that. You know, does he have the clutch gene? And uh, very much so, man. Uh, what a final drive uh, that they put together. So uh, they're a little bit beat up right now. But, you know, the season ends today. They end up with the number one overall seed in the NFC. So if they can win two of these last three games, I think they'll be able to maintain that spot. And having home field, that's absolutely massive. I don't have to tell you that. But it doesn't seem to matter where they play. You know, this is an incredible defense. They lost that game in Baltimore. But they also held the Ravens to the fewest points they've scored all season. And uh, just a very, very complete team. Great play calling. So I would, I would have to go with the 49ers. Who do you like? You know, I, I want to say the Saints, they're currently plus 750 right now when I'm looking on, uh, what is it, on uh, betonline.ag. But, you know, they just yeah. lost uh, Davenport, IR, Rankins. That's two big boys on the defensive line. And I want to say the Chiefs because last okay. year, last week they were 13-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Then, you know, the big win against the Patriots. And obviously that always moves when you have a, a giant win like that. And I know I just talked about yeah. them in a letdown spot, but uh, seven to one I think is interesting because they were five to one in the betting favorite along with the Patriots coming into the year. So, uh, you know, if, if if Mahomes is healthy and he's right, and I couldn't agree with you more that he hasn't really done what he did last year, I don't know if I yeah. would want to play Kansas City. No, I agree. You know, I think they kind of get that monkey off their back a little bit. Uh with that win in New England, and this is a team that's starting to come together a little bit. You know, they've had key players in and out of the lineup all season, from Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, guys on both the offensive and defensive line. Now they're getting healthy. Uh, I think they've allowed 17 or fewer points in three straight games, too, so maybe they're about to peak right now. Maybe they win out, too, and if they have an outside chance of uh, getting a first-round bye, that would be huge. But, yeah, not a team you want to play. Joe Osborne, folks, sports analyst for Odd Shark. Joe, you're the man. The floor is yours, my friend. Is there anything you want to plug? I see that you you tweet out these uh, videos to guys and bets. Tell the people about everything. Yeah, uh, we do a show every single day, well, Monday through Friday, 12 Eastern, 9 in the West. It's called Guys and Bets. It's on the Odd Shark YouTube channel. Uh, check out my Twitter. There's quick links to that. Uh, find me on Twitter, JTFOZ. I'm covering everything from uh, the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, UFC, a little bit of NHL, uh, and we'll get into more college basketball probably when the NFL season comes to an end. But uh, yeah, find me on Twitter, JTFOZ, and uh, check out the Archer YouTube channel for daily picks from myself and the rest of the team here. Joe, you're the man. I appreciate it. Happy holidays. Finish the football season strong. And it's all about them numbers. Always chasing that paper, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely, my man. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Good luck to you and good luck to all the listeners, too. Ah, yes. Now, welcome in my guy, A-double-L-E-N, Mr. ESPN Colin, Mr. Falcoholic. What up? What's up? How you feeling, man? I hate fancy football. Uh-oh. Talk to me. What happened? I post this on Monday night. So I was up 124 to 100 going into Monday night. Uh, my buddy Pat had Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey. I was going to think, all right, I'm probably going to get blown out. As we know, Jeffrey got injured. 
and once pretty much that first half got shut down i'm feeling really good i'm like all right i'm gonna make the semis made some bad decisions started jimmy g over brady started jack doyle over jared cook some bad decisions were made but i'm gonna go through things are going slow i see all right they score a touchdown but that final drive oh no they go into overtime and I think it's like one, I'm up to 124, 116. I just see one starting to throw. And then they're in the red zone. I'm like, just give the Boston Scott. Just give the Boston Scott. And then I just see Wentz wide open on like a post. Giants complete coverage bust. I have all the people you leave open. Zach it's unbelievable. Score ends 124, 124. I came in fifth place. And I'm commish. And I'm old school. I don't like decimal points because I don't know why. Dumbest move. I think I would have won if there was decimal points. Either way, I got eliminated on a tie. Fantasy football is the worst. Tom Brady, NFL, shame on you. He should have had the kill Harry touchdown. Basically, <laughs> there's so many things to this that I'm trying not to vent, but this is quite possibly the most inexcusable, diabolical loss ever for me in fantasy. So, yeah, I hate fantasy football. Oh, Until man. next August. Listen, I uh, number one, I think that's a you problem. Not having decimals, that's horrible. That is horrible. Uh, I've been commissioned for eight years, by the way. Also, what is your what's your tiebreaker? Is it quarterback points or no? Uh, whoever came in the playoffs, it's whoever had the higher seed. Like whoever did better. That's also awful. It, but on Yahoo, can't, I think that's the only thing you could do, right? First of all, fuck Yahoo. All right, I, I, I do. I show, do Yahoo. But nah, dude. Number one, you have to do decimal points. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because like, yo, if you catch a pass for fifteen yards, like you're you gonna get point. one point. That's yeah. that's corny to me. Number yeah. one, uh, it should be half point PPR. Mm-hmm. Is it? Oh, I do one PPR. All right, that's full, good too. Full point, full I, point. I'm I'm fully behind that yeah. too. If a guy catches twelve passes, I think you definitely should be rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. Decimals is a must, and our tiebreaker is quarterback points for. Okay, I would have lost. Up. Start Brady. Oh, yeah, we we put a premium on your. You know, just like in real football, like uh-huh. quarterback is the most important position. So there is that. Well, I'm still blaming David Gelman as awful management of defense over everything else because I just like blaming. D- it's very fitting that the Giants would kind of play a part in this just because I've been so critical of David Gelman for the last 18 months. But what are you going to do? It just Yeah, that's my rant. Just fancy football. It's a cruel world. I was so devastated on Thursday when we recorded. Last time we recorded because Dak Prescott put up like I was playing Ralph, and Dak Prescott ended up with like 18 fantasy points when he shouldn't have had more than yeah, over nine. like 300 yards, right? Passing. Yeah, yeah, and he scored garbage time touchdowns, but then threw that floater to Cooper. Yeah, then again, I benefited from Deshaun Watson garbage time, so like mm-hmm. it's a fantasy football. Yeah. And another Plus, I remember you had Maher too, who is yeah. not employed at the moment. Let me ask you, Stu Garrett Cole, right? Just signed for 320 plus million dollars, baseball pitcher. Uh, biggest free agent contract to a baseball player, well, baseball pitcher ever. Uh, obviously, he's the number one pitcher on the market. He just, you know, they broke the bank to the Yankees. My question to you is, what would you do with $325 million right now? Not not sports, just like in life. Buy property in Los Angeles, buy property in England, Italy, and Croatia, and then just spend my time in those different cities and just enjoy life. You wouldn't work no more? No, why? I would do like a podcast for fun. Maybe go DJ in a couple of places, but that's about it. I'd be DJ. like the J. It'd be fun to just just the DJ here and there, but uh, and then do a podcast. Maybe do like a soccer podcast. Do like a life podcast. Just just relax. That's that's all I could think of when I think about that. But I would definitely travel as much as possible. But I would want to uh, buy property in places that I've always enjoyed. Well, love Los Angeles. Love Croatia. 
being from there. England's always fascinated with the soccer culture, and I hear great things about Italy. So those are like the main four. Maybe Australia too, because I have family ties there. So it'd just be traveling and buying property. That would be like the main emphasis. Wow, so you're definitely way more mature than I am, and your head's on straight because <laughs> I'm going straight to Vegas. Oh, well. And I'm making I'm it, not a Vegas guy, so. I'm making it my goal to drop like $5 million just like so be, you and Dana White together. Be, you're, you're the Dana White gambling stories. Just just to be a legend, good and bad. Like just to like okay. make headlines and shit. Be like, yo, some random ass kids showed up and just <laughs> Dude, you balling. just made $325 million. Why do you care about headlines? I would not. If I had that money, like forget social media, man. Like Because I'm an Instagram thought. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just say it out there. But yo, I would. I, I would I, I'm not even kidding. I would. I would fly all my close friends with me. Uh, definitely get a private jet. That yeah, we gotta do. Thing. You gotta be charitable with money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You just got plan. I noticed how you said we because I would include you in that. Thank also, you. hit the craps tables and just like do the most reckless dumb shit ever. Five million. Yeah. Probably give my friends all like fifteen, twenty thousand to just blow. Also, like, right. yo, don't worry about this one. Yeah, just, and just make a. Just don't die. Yeah, just don't die. Yeah, and, and don't go to the back rooms of the strip clubs, though they all are right. tempting. Don't go. Oh. You never been to Vegas? Never been to Vegas. <sighs> I, I go for like a big fight, but I'm not a gambler, so that's why like I don't have much of an incentive. I'll go for the atmosphere for like a big fight, and like I don't know clubs. My my friend Frankie, you know Frankie, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't gamble. He he plays craps. All right. Uh, that's probably the best thing about him when we go to Vegas. Well, my favorite thing about him because that kid gets hot mm-hmm. and just like runs wild. Like, dude, every time we play craps, we always go with a big group. You know, you know yeah. the group of guys. And we reserve a craft table because we tell the the pit bosses that like, hey, look, can we get the craft table between ten to eleven, and we'll have about ten to fifteen players playing because you can't do it if it's just me and you. You yeah, got to yeah, do it yeah. a big group. And yo, we've played about three, four times with Frankie. That kid gets hot, and we all like when I I, I kissed him on the forehead one time. That's <laughs> how so much money he won us. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, definitely would go to Vegas. Definitely would spend an insane amount of money. Private jet life, all that fun stuff. Cabanas, the whole nine. Yeah, as many luxurious things as possible. That's it. Like some people say, oh, I would go like skiing. No, I'm going most like, luxurious, hottest places imaginable, and just enjoying the weather. Like I don't need this. You know, the Bellagio has this button where it's the waterfall mm-hmm. in Vegas. It's outside of Caesars, and uh, it's the Bellagio water. And apparently, it's there's a room, there's a restaurant room where I think the minimum is 10k to like eat dinner there. Nah. And if you press that button, it costs $25,000 per press for the water to go up. Wow. I'd be over there just yeah, pressing the shit out I would, of that. I would spend a good week at like every steakhouse imaginable. Like I would go to so many steakhouses. Yeah. Yo, Gordon Ramsay's a really good time. We Ooh. went there. It was, they put on like a show too. It's oh, very that's nice. the legend right there, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Notice how I haven't said anything else but Vegas. Oh, man. I'm yeah, come on. You like, you like Europe? Like, come on. You want to want to go to... Like Spain, like, yeah, would, Spain would be up there. I don't know if I buy property there because I don't hear. Dude, I'm not doing great, but Barcelona, like, come on. I would, I would go and do the whole. Uh, I would go to every single sporting event in the world in every game. Like, I'd go to every single. That would be my oh. life. I do podcasts and just yeah. that. Like, I'd go to, uh, oh, Classico. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the Man City Derby. Yeah. I'll go to a random ass game in, yeah. in Colombia. <laughs> Might stay there. That's what I'm doing. I'm going straight to Colombia. You know, you know. Get, talk about uh, like rivalries the the Dirk Classico with Bayern and Dortmund like mm. if you go to Dortmund yeah, yeah those fans are crazy yeah but I, North I would, London too but Tottenham, Spur- Tottenham against Arsenal is always a good battle 
Guys, let us know. Tweet at us at Veterans Minimum. What would you guys do if you got a contract like Garrett Cole, which is also all guaranteed, which is the wildest part. Yeah. Being a pitcher, if you're really good, man, just do it. Yeah. That's it. It's a, it's I mean, think the, about it, dude. Jeff Samarja has made like over $120 million in career earnings, and he's like a... He was the Notre Dame receiver, right? He was with Calvin Johnson, yeah. Wow. He was the number two wide receiver in that class. He was good, man. Okay. He was really good, but he's like, yo, I throw like 94, 95, and I'm going to go and just... Oh. He's still he's still in Major League Baseball, okay. as opposed to he yeah. maybe be in the league right now. Yeah, my wife... One last thing. Do you think, because we're trying to connect baseball, football, do you think Kyler made the right decision? I guess time will tell, but looking back on it, did you agree with Kyler Murray? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I I think it's very subjective to the position you play. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray isn't a wide receiver. He's not a running back where you might be out the league in three, four years. If he's a starter, like he's going to get that big money contract. You know, like if if he's the guy for Arizona, which, you know, the jury's still out. We can have another another time to discuss Kyler Murray but I think yeah if I'm a quarterback like I'm gonna go and play football number one you're one of the most popular players in your sport as far as like the position you play you want that dude to go and play minor league baseball probably for three four years Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not a guarantee that he's gonna blossom into a uh, shortstop, shortstop, center fielder, whatever, and and be a all star. Where, mm-hmm. like, look, the dude is starting right away, and he was a mega star coming out of college. Right. So, to me, because of the position he plays, I would I would have done the same thing he gotcha. did, and I was defending that from the beginning too. Yeah, so, I'm just curious about that since we were talking about the crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Alan, what's the one thing that I always say about guys? You say a lot of things. I do. But what's like the one, like the key, the key bar? Have I not said it enough about on you? I think that might be the issue. Is it something with bros? No, no. It's no dick, no hope. Oh. That's why Roman is the leader in talking about erectile dysfunction. And we know it's not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo. Or we just avoid it and make excuses like I've had a long day at work. Or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. You know, sometimes like you might have a bad betting week. Like you just, you know, you just got no juice, man. You got no juice. And, you know, a lot of things get factored into that. But with Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Could be a little awkward, you know, going and telling your doctor that you can't get it up. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is just as simple as that. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now Roman completes the online visit today to connect you with a doctor and take care of it all. The call to action is very simple, guys. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Big emphasis on free, folks. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. For a free visit to get started, get roman.com slash blue wire. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's get into a little NFL. So what we're going to do now, Alan, we're going to give three surprises and three disappointments for this season. All right, let's do surprises first. Now, it could be players. It could be teams, coaches, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. The floor is yours. Tell us. 
Well, I'm going to stick primarily with teams, and I mentioned this a few months ago, but I did not see the 49ers becoming the best team in the NFC coming by a long shot. I thought seven wins at best, and for them to have the best defense in the league, you know, I think everyone had a lot of expectations for the offense, just given Kyle Shanahan's what he's accomplished and just his overall status in the league, but I think just the playmakers like Debo Samuel's emergence over the past month has been incredible. Like this guy's one of the best yards after catch receivers in the league. And then you combine him with Kittle after seeing what Kittle did to poor Marcus Williams, who just can't help himself to get on. He's a very good safety, but this guy just somehow manages to be on receiving end of highlight real plays. We saw he lost in coverage with Manuel Sanders and then the Kittle play was just ridiculous. So San Fran, yeah. How can you not be impressed by them? I think they're a the complete package, but for them to have the best pass rush in the league and even have playmakers in the secondary, guys like Mosley and Weatherspoon, you just have to tip your cap to them. I think John Lynch has been building his team for now three years, and you have a legitimate Super Bowl contender on your hands. Yeah, you got to think that it's a very young roster where this team might be around moving forward too. Yeah, other know? than Sherman Sanders who's and Joe Staley, like who's yeah really old on that team. Yeah, um, just to touch on that, I did pick them to win their division. I didn't see potential one seed. Yeah. I'd be lying to you. Right now, they're the favorite out of the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, my big surprise, I'm going to stick with the team as well. Is this the... Is this the new blossoming of the quarterback position changing with Lamar Jackson? Right, like Going with the Ravens. But in particular, I'm honing in on both the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I was very critical. Uh, and look, I'm going to defend myself a little bit because when I saw him in a big spot, got exposed by the Chargers in the playoffs, right? He that was went, ugly. He went, I believe, 47 minutes without completing a pass. It was just awful. It was so bad there people on tour saying they should really bring Flacco in. That's when you know things are tough. When Joe Flacco is being... <laughs> we want Joe Flacco in a football game. We want to watch him play. That's when you know things are bad. Yeah, so he he looked awful. But then what the Ravens did, and which was a surprise also, they really built a team from the 1980s, right? They drafted tight ends. They signed tight ends. They found the bell cow running back in Mark Ingram. And then they just built that team to suit Lamar Jackson. Right. And... You know, we, we've mentioned the two teams that right now it's the Super Bowl favorite, that matchup Ravens and the 49ers. So I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson and with the Baltimore Ravens. So th- as just team or just both? Well, both, I'm, yeah. I'm combining both. Okay. Yeah. So so I basically gave two Lamar okay, Jackson gotcha. and, and the Ravens. Gotcha, so you okay. could you could pick up now what you got. Yeah, I'm sticking with the AFC North. I have been blown away by Steelers. I thought Mike Tom was was kind of one of the more overrated coaches of the league just based on some things we've seen past years, whether it's the Patriots owning them or the famous Jacksonville Jaguars explosion, the playoffs, and then you know stuff on Sunday Night Football where you have a linebacker covering Keenan. Just enough things where I'm just so turned off by the Steelers. And the fact that I go into season, I thought, okay, they're going to be competitive, but they just don't have much explosion offensively, and the defense has always been pretty below average. They have a top five defense now. TJ Watt might be defense player of the year. Cam Hayward's having his best year. The Fitzpatrick trade. Yo, hold on. Is he better than J.J. Watt yet? Well, at this point, because J.J. Watt's broken down. Dude, J.J. Watt's still a stud. Like, I said this in week four. You're like, yo, you delete this right away. So I'll, I'll, I'll eat my words, though. Like, he's T.J. Watt's legit. He's a beast, star. man. Yeah. I, I always thought he was very good, but I didn't think he was like, a 
game changer. He's definitely a game changer now. He, I think he has like 13 sacks. He, he had a pick. Yeah, uh, last week. No, he look. He's up there. I definitely underestimate. I underestimated the Steelers in general. Like I didn't think uh, they had much going for them offensively. I think Washington and Johnson, those two receivers, bring a lot of explosiveness just in terms of what they could do. Like you saw Johnson, he pretty much scored all their points against the Cardinals. So. Yeah, for Steelers, I think this is Mike Tomlin's best coaching job for them. Well, they were 1-4 at one point. Yeah. Yeah, just for them to come back, and especially after that Browns game where things easily could have crumbled after you know all the motions went high and pouncy, which was a big loss for them. Just You have to commend them, and I think going to the playoffs, they're going to be a team. They used to be a team that teams didn't mind playing. Now I think they're a team that I don't think anyone wants to play because you're going to be in for a real scrap. Hmm. Yeah, I want to say a surprise for me is just how fucked up the New York Giants are because I knew it was going to be bad and I didn't know it would be this bad. Nine game losing streak, um, fire everyone but Saquon Barkley and like Daniel Jones. Keep Evan Ingram. He's hurt now too all the time. I'm a big fan of him. Love Darius Slayton. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh that's my a God. nice surprise, dude. Leads leads the league in touchdowns for a rookie, rookie wide receiver. Um, he roasted Darby on Monday night. Isn't saying much, but yeah, yeah still very impressive. <laughs> Long list of receivers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yo, you know what? Like he's he's one of the better finds that they've had late in the draft. You know, the Giants in 2007 were the first team in NFL history to have all seven of their draft picks play in the Super Bowl. Wow. It was Kevin Boss. It was Ahmad Bradshaw. It was Jay Alford, uh, the defensive yeah, tackle. I forgot about Kevin Boss. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, dude. My high school sweetheart loved Kevin Boss. She was even saying, like, oh, he's better than Tony Gonzalez. I'm like, all right, well, I don't know if this relationship could go. Yeah, that's a little crazy. Yeah, I love me some Kevin Boss also, but that was a little crazy. But, man, it's just bad. Like, the. I'm watching Monday Night Football, and Leonard Williams is like, yeah, I see myself getting paid like Aaron Donald. And I'm like, oh, my God, if they pay this guy. As a Gettleman guy, <laughs> you know Shaq Thompson just re-signed with the. Uh, yeah, I think he's a good linebacker. No, nah, I know, yeah, but like Gettleman would have made him like oh yeah. 2.0. Oh my god! Oh, he's a Panther guy. He's one of mine. Jeez. But yeah, I did not expect the Giants to be this this bad. Like they're unwatchable again. You know, like Barkley's hurt still. That second half was a nightmare. Yeah, they put up 34, 35 yards on of like total twenty offense. plays. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So it really surprised me just how bad the Giants have been just like top to bottom mm-hmm. across the board. But did you really have high expectations going to year? I had them at seven and nine. Okay. And the reason why is because they were one and nine in one possession games last year. And that's uh, one of my okay. big things. It's like, even if that, you know, they went five and 11. So even mm-hmm. if they go four and four in one score games, you're looking at like a seven to eight win team. And the schedule wasn't bad. Like no. they had, this was one of the more favorable schedules for the Giants. And also, like, they didn't have that murderer's row where they get gangbanged by so many different teams in a row, right? Like, you played, you played like, a cupcake schedule. Right. It's just that you're also a cupcake, too. Yeah. So. All right, give me your last surprise. Got to go Buffalo Bills. I thought nice. at most they were a six-win team, but that offense, they're just, they make it timely plays. I think Singletary's been a good find. We talked about Brown and Beasley, but now you see, like, even Dawson Knox. I know he had a big drop. I think he's someone that is starting to make some plays so I'm still skeptical of Josh Allen, but I think what they've built there in Buffalo, just that offense is good enough. But that defense, they have, they have one of the more deeper rotations on a defensive line. So between that and then their secondary is full of playmakers led by Tre Davis White. And I've always been a big fan of Micah Hyde. I think he's one of the more versatile players. So 
they're doing a lot of good things at Buffalo. Like I said a few weeks ago, I think on the Thanksgiving pod, like they're a year ahead of where I think they expect themselves to be. So if just Josh Allen could keep developing, I think they could be someone that, or just a team that could win like 11 games in the future. But the fact they're in this position now, and they're, just, they're another team similar to Pittsburgh, fitting that they're both playing each other this week. There's another team like you're in a scrap when you play them. You're not blowing them out. Unless Josh Allen completely capitulates, they're going to be in the, every game, and they're going to be a team that is just going to – it's going to be a scrap. That's it. And I think Baltimore realized that. Lamar Jackson arguably had his worst game of the year against them. So another team you have to commend, Sean McDermott. I think him – he's kind of an example where – and you could give credit to Mike Vrabel as well. It shows where even though all these teams want to have offensive-minded coaches, there's still coaches, coordinators or defensive-minded coaches that could be successful. So I think Vrabel and McDermott are prime examples of guys that – Hey, we don't need offensive my guy. We need the right guys, and those two are the right guys. Clearly, yeah. But I was, I my take on that division was I thought either the Jets or the Bills would be the wild card team, and I thought that the winner of that game in Week One. And I know like you can't lose your season in Week mm-hmm. One, but I thought that was going to set the tone. Think about it: C.J. Mosley gets hurt, yeah. and then a couple weeks later, Donald gets sick. Finally kisses some girls. <laughs> And then it turns out that your whole season sprawls out of control. It was like a few days later because he missed that week two Cleveland game. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The Monday night yeah. game he missed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. Last surprise for me is, and I know this would have been a little bit stronger if we did this about a month ago, but I, I've been I've been impressed with Dak Prescott. For him to be a quarterback that can play like a top 10 guy, yeah. like I feel like, and I know I'm going to go into the NBA a little bit. Like, yo, if you can't make all NBA, I don't think I should pay you $35 million a year. Like, I'm cool with you, like, mm-hmm. going to a different team. So the Redskins did with Kirk Cousins. Right. Yeah. They're regretting that, though. Because, yeah. like, Kirk, they they had Kirk in-house. And Kirk is definitely a guy who, you know, he's another guy who was overrated. And now I feel like he's properly rated to some extent, maybe even underrated. I don't think he's underrated. I think he he's right where he's at. Right where he's at. We'll, right. we'll see what happens in January. I still think. That's I fair. think from the Redskins standpoint, they just completely mishandled the situation, especially from a PR standpoint. Like they just looked awful in that whole situation. Even yeah. though you know they have way more bigger issues on their hands. Look at the whole Trent Williams case. Yeah, every. I mean, that's just one of the many many issues that's over there in the DC area. But also uh, going back with Dak, like yo, I think Dak now like. In the beginning, I thought it'd be crazy for him to make thirty-five million, and now, like, I could see it because also, like, what's out there? I just can't wait to see him on the coaching staff. I've been saying this for like three years now. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were slowly progressing. I, I still don't know much. I don't know if Kellen Moore is gonna stay because you know the Cowboys gonna complete overall everything. But no, he's definitely delivered this year. I thought, the, especially that Vikings Sunday night game, he looked like a superstar out there. Uh, just last few weeks has been rough, but it's. Look, he's on a team that's in complete free fall. What else can you say? Disappointments. I'm going to lead this one off. I think the Patriots are a disappointment. And I know it's crazy to say for a team that's uh, <laughs> 10 and 3, but I do think that offensively, they're kind of unwatchable. No, they're unwatchable. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> and I also don't want this to be replayed back when they win another Super Bowl in a couple uh. of weeks. But. I do think that the offense is basically Julian Edelman, and that's it. Maybe James White could get involved, but yeah. It's yeah, but bad. he's a guy who gets scripted out of games so easily. Like, if they play with a lead like they will this week, they're playing the Bengals. They're a 10-point favorite on the road. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, 
you have James White in your flex this weekend, and it gives you two points mm-hmm. just because it's not a game set up for James White. Like James White, when it's shootouts, when it's the Texans and the Ravens of the world, that's when you want him. But you know what's another issue is when you have a team at Kansas City with attack my defense coordinator like Steve Spagnuolo is just constantly blitzing. You need your running back to pick up blitzes, so you basically become a non-factor because White was a non-factor against the Chiefs. He did, They need him to block. So that's another thing that you kind of realize, all right, that's why James White isn't as valuable anymore. Because at this point, teams are just going to be blitzing because you could trust your corners against these receivers and this Brady could get rattled at this point. He's 42, can't move the same. Yeah, and I just think that, you know, man, they they struggle to draft wide receivers. It's been a position that's been the biggest hole for this team. Now, look, Harry's still young, and I'm not going to like say, oh, this kid's going to be a bust, mm-hmm. but... You know, we we might be having a different conversation if they ruled out a touchdown as opposed to which it was, or if they drafted AJ Brown or Terry McLaurin. Those are two guys right there looking like studs. Yeah, AJ Brown has completely changed the dynamic of that Titans offense. We're gonna talk about the Titans later, but that's just a guy right there they could draft. Imagine him a big vertical threat. Yeah, definitely something that they, they they're lacking. But between like losing Gronk and you know he's a big part of their offense. Yeah, always. not having a tight end has been a major problem for him. I think we underestimated that. Like. I don't know. They, they, well, they would always show those graphics about Gronk when like he was in the red zone and when they, Brady wouldn't have him in the red zone, how like significant his splits were with and without Gronk. And mm-hmm. it was something where like he was like Andy Dalton when Gronk wasn't in there when he was. He was obviously like the greatest yeah. quarterback of all time. But I, I, I think that they're going to have to – this is literally Peyton Manning's last year in Denver. Like Brady now – he, but like Peyton had weapons. Like Sanders was still good. Demarius was still good. I don't think Brady's fallen off that bad. I think, dude, Peyton was legit liability. I don't think Brady's that no, much. No, no, no. I don't think it's Brady. I think oh. it's his weapons that make it look bad. Okay. Like there are, like I, I rewatched that Chiefs game because it was on like NFL Network yeah. randomly. And I was it was like, man, it's just guys, you know, Dorsett runs a post and Brady throws a, a fly. Yeah. It's like little things like that, right. you know? So him and Myers, well, Myers let him down a couple of times. Yeah. Sanu's a non factor. I think he has an ankle issue, but he's he was like not even in three wide receiver sets at times in those games. But yeah, that supporting cast is rough. That's why I'm really curious, like why they give up on Josh Gordon. Like, mm-hmm. what was the real issue there? God, it's weird. Give me a disappointment. It's gotta be the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I had one of those too. So we can we can maybe talk about this. <laughs> Has one to be. I was like, we both had them Super Bowls, dude. So. I had them number one seed in the NFC. I thought. Yo, do you really think, and this is, I don't know if this is fair to say because, and I'm sorry I'm stealing your thunder, but because I had I had the Eagles down also. Yo, they're very fucking slow. Like, they are really slow. They're playing with two receivers. No, I know, yeah. but like, even like Alshon was never like a 4-3 guy, right. and I think they really missed Deshaun Jackson, and I don't know if it's fair to say yeah. that because he did only play one game against oh, Washington, but like, yo, they have no speed. How do they not go after A.B.? I know that they guy don't has want his own the issues. issues. They don't but, want, yeah. but I think Aguilar is quick. It's just he's not reliable. You know, Aguilar, I think he's kind of resurrected his career. Like 17, 18, he was, he was pretty solid. But this year, he's just been a nightmare just dropping passes. So Aguilar, is, I think, is one guy they've been let down by. But the fact that they cut Matt Collins, say a white side, he made a couple of plays, but he hasn't really developed. It's just, I don't know. Why is he in such a deep position? Like, how can you not just accumulate talent? Like, there's got to be players out there you could get. So it's just, it's just bizarre. Seeing them out there with like Greg War or Sega White, that was just so weird. But between that and just once again, that secondary, like every year, that continues to be the problem. There's just certain teams you look at, like the Vikings, their offensive line, or the Falcons and their pass rush. It's just every. Giants and their everything. <laughs> linebackers, maybe. Yeah. It's yeah. one thing to pinpoint. It's just a certain team. Or Jets, edge rusher. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> but uh, 
it's just teams that just don't entrust that glaring need year in and year out. And that's why I see with the Eagles, like just a corner situation. All right, grand, they won a Super Bowl, but still, it's like you're still trying out Jalen Mills. Darby's clearly not working out. It's just, uh, it's very frustrating. I thought the Eagles, they were going to be set this year. And I know they lost a couple of players. You know, Malik Jackson was a big loss, but I just expect this team, like, especially given Dallas State, like they should be, they should have clinched the division by now or be one game away. Instead, they're just fighting for their lives. Yeah, that game, that's going to be a monster game if both of these teams continue to win. Like, yo, 8-8 eight and eight might... Uh, well, they might, got the Redskins this week. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Dallas has at home against the Rams. Yeah. That that That's going to be interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, just to add to that, too, because I also had the Eagles' disappointment, I think Carson Wentz, like... I think, again, like with Brady and Wentz, I think it's the weapons around him. Like, look, I know Zach Ertz is a premier tight end, yeah. but it's still... It's he, he's looked iffy no, though. Yeah, yeah. They, he, he hasn't been the same, and it's just that overthrows a lot of his receivers. I mean, checkdowns to like Miles Sanders. The yeah. one against Miami was like no, it was Seattle. against Seahawks. Yeah. It was like yo, that was a walk in touchdown. Third nine. Yeah. So I, I think Carson Wentz. A lot of it is, I think it's the weapons around him more than anything. Because when I see Carson Wentz, I'm like yo, that dude's up there as yeah. far as like talent. He's a stud. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a real deal. Yeah. I mean, like up to week eight, PFF, and I know PFF sometimes can be a little crazy. Shout out to our guy Taron, but I, just, I need to know why Fred Warder is like the 66th ranked linebacker. This guy just makes plays every week. I want to know why he's 66th ranked. Week nine last year, <laughs> this is where PFF kind of soured on me. Dad James White as the number one running back in football. Oh yeah, that was one take. That was a, no the craziest when Aaron Rodgers got like a almost a negative grade for that five touchdown performance against the Chiefs on Monday night, and then it's like yes, yeah, touchdowns weren't really that impressive. We're not grading him that high. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it it gets a little too like analytical for yeah. me. But all right, so we both agreed with the Eagles. I'll give you another one that's been a disappointment. The Chargers of Los Angeles. That was mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did we share notes? Not right. We didn't share notes. No, but it's it's good yeah, that we're, or it's organic and also it's like I know we had high expectations for these teams. Exactly. Yeah, C- couldn't agree with yeah. you more. Like they have to be up there for a lot of people. They're so talented, dude. The Chargers, if if you guys are ever going to trust me on this idea of one possession games, look at the Chargers in 2018. Look at the Chargers in 2019. But also, they're cursed, one, though. Like, we know right, they're cursed. Right, But 6-1 and one in one-score games last year, they go 12-4. Twelve and, twelve and four. Top seed in their conference. Unfortunately, they go on the wild card because they had Kansas City and they lost the tiebreaker. And this year, they're like 2-8 and eight in one-score one games. All their games are one-score. Chargers football. And the Chargers are, I feel like they're a team that you should always have a monitor on because it's always going to be some wild fuckery at the end of it. Like the way they're going to lose or the way they're going to blow a game. And it's like, again, oh, 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 uh, out to LA we go where Rivers is driving down four. It's like intercepted. It's like, well, that's the story. Four-year bomb to Mike Williams. They're in the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three plays later, Rivers, what are you doing? Yeah, he just like gets sacked. Oh, yeah, because that that offensive line, that's another team. Like Chargers, not addressing glaring needs. Your old line's been bad for years. Like, come on. Now, Grant, they've drafted a lot, but it's like, why not invest? Why not sign like a premier guard or a set or even I know they invested in Okung, but Okung is not exactly someone that's a stud. So it's just once again not addressing that glaring need. And it's I think Rivers they should probably move on from him. Yeah, I think it's time. Yeah, I would like to see Cam go there. That's what everyone's saying. Why not? Why not? Like LA market, you know, him, they always him and Mike have Williams. Oh my god. Keenan too. Yeah. And Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry's one of the top tight ends. I think Austin Eckler is gonna be a guy who's gonna be going first round in fantasy leagues next year. He's he probably won a lot of people league 
old games last week. Dude, on DraftKings, he was on the Millie Maker team. Yeah. Last week, he just yeah. went off. He's such a threat, man. You got him on screens. Like, he might be one of the best you know, pass. Well, we know he's one of the best pass catcher running backs in general, but just on screens, he just picks up eight yards like nothing. Give me one more. Gotta be Cleveland Browns. I had hives. No, not not a disappointment for me. Literally spot on. They've already you've already cast your under bet. If you listen to me on that one, don't buy the hype on Cleveland. Just way too many. Like I've seen this shit over and over again. They shouldn't have been the fourth highest. They I were the most so wagered team in the AFC. They were the fourth favorite in the AFC. The head coach is trash. Baker was getting all this buzz. I felt like his numbers were inflated because they played the Bengals, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Oh, they were inflated. <laughs> yeah. And and they 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 were the Eagles dream team from many years back. And it's just I've just seen that shit over and over again. It's just you thought even though Cream Hunt didn't come until November and he's actually had a he's actually had a good season with them. Like since he come in, he's made a big impact. Although I think Freddie Kitchen's a little too reliant on him. But just the fact that Odell is banged up and playing with a sports turning, he hasn't got going. Landry's kind of iffy. It's just, and then the offensive line—they've completely misevaluated that. Like you have all these studs on the outside, just you know, so many playmakers, but your offensive line can't hold it together for two and a half seconds. So that's an issue. Defense, I think, has been pretty good for most part. So it's just—I don't know. I saw with the Browns last year, innovative play caller. It's just uh, the fact that they're not averaging 27, 30 points a game and they're not going to the playoffs is very disappointing because they just have so much fun talent. And the whole Miles Garrett situation, I thought he could have been – he was a dark horse for a defensive player a year going into season. That didn't really pan out. And, and I thought that defensive line would be a little more dominant. Vernon, Sean Richardson, they haven't quite had the impact that I thought they would. So, it just yeah, I look at their roster. I got really excited. I thought they would win 10, 11 games. Instead, they're the Cleveland Browns. All right, games of the week. Um, I think these games are definitely the games of the week, but overall, it's a pretty shitty slate. Especially since it's mid-December, you would think there'd be like five, six. You'd think it'd be like last week. Last week was a crazy slate. Like mm-hmm. we could have talked. Like we didn't even talk about Seahawks Rams last week, and that was a tremendous matchup. So yeah, this week's a big dud. But there's a few compelling matchups. AFC South holding it down. Yeah, let's start with that one, man. Texans and the Titans. The least talked about team on this podcast, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've been on fire since they make the change to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, we talked about A.J. Brown in passing. Derrick Henry, it's that time of the year again where he just runs wild. And, you know, they're a team who... This is big because both of these teams are... I believe they're 8-5. and five. Yes. Mike, if you could check that. Yeah, they're 8-5. and five. Uh, Same division like we noticed. But the biggest thing is, is that they play each other this week and then they play each other to the end of the year. So... This is gonna decide the division here. Yeah. And Tennessee has New Orleans coming up too. So mm. I'm not sure who Houston is off the top of my head, but New They Orleans. got Tampa Bay next Saturday, and I am praying to the football gods I could just win my fantasy league this week because then I'm gonna have Watson and Fuller go for eighty five thousand points against that secondary in Tampa Bay. You know, that's also a Saturday slate next week, right? I know. They Bills, got three Pats, games. Niners, yeah. Rams, a fun slate. That is, that's a very nice Saturday slate where it's usually been kind of shitty. But, I mean, Houston and Tampa Bay is kind of whack. They had Houston Jets and then, like, Broncos-Browns last year. I was like, what are we doing? So, this one, I think the most compelling thing is going to be what happens with uh, Houston coming off a massive letdown, right? To just get absolutely the doors blown off them by the Denver Broncos last week. And I think it's something that we can monitor with young teams coming off an emotional win Mm -hmm. over New England. 
right? I really like Denver to cover this week. They're a 10-point dog against Kansas City because Kansas City just coming off a big win in Foxborough, a team that they couldn't get over the hump last mm-hmm. year. And also, how about this one? Ready for this one, Alan? Holmes is banged up, by the way. Not only that, yeah. this is the biggest X factor in that game. This is the first ever ex-girlfriend revenge game. Oh, I saw some tweet about this. Drew Locke used to date a chick who was a hunt. Hunts are the owners of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's never lost a game in Kansas City. I want to see him in Arrowhead. <laughs> in December. Second star of your career. You going Arrowhead? All right. I'm just saying, man. The ex-girlfriend He was throwing revenge. some dimes against the Texans, but that Texans secondary there. So that's that's what I think is going to be very telling because also I believe that the Titans might be shorthanded at corner also this week. Well, I know uh, Logan Ryan's out for the year. Yeah. Oh, no. Was it Butler? No, I think it was Malcolm Butler. Jeez. No, I remember Malcolm Butler was actually out for a year, but I know someone else is banged up. But you got Dory Jackson still there, but... You know, Byard's still holding it down. I mean, yeah, I love Byard. Mm-hmm. Byard's been my guy for years now. I remember I had him up on the show years back when he had that incident with Deion Sanders. The whole, oh. like, yo, watch the film. And he's like, bro, I play. Like, obviously, I'm watching the film. Yeah, it's Malcolm Butler. Broke his wrist in November. My apologies. Yeah, so, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, he should probably eat. But I think, I think the biggest matchup might be Derrick Henry against his run defense because that defense hasn't been the same against the run since J.J. Watt went. And not pretty much a pass rush either. Yeah. Like Locke had plenty of time to throw, and that Denver offense line is pretty brutal. So uh, I think we this could be a potential shootout, but I think Tennessee's defense, they have playmakers there. Like Rashad Evans, Gerald Casey's there. Harold Landry's someone. Landry, that, yeah, the dude so, from B.C. A lot of people said, I have no idea why he fell into the second round. Like He was a first-round talent, and I think he has nine sacks, and he's – a lot of speed off the edge. So Tennessee's building sign there. They've always been a confusing team. Everyone's like, okay, there's nothing really glamorous about them. But look, they're scoring a lot of points right now. Derrick Henry's a stud. And A.J. Brown, every week it seems like whether it's a 40-yard bomb or he's taking a slant to the house like he's Odell back in 2016. Like he, he A.J. Brown's something else. And he's so massive too. That's another thing. Like It's weird seeing these guys. You got him, Metcalf, and Sam Lloyd. Just receiving rookie class. That's what we were talking about, like, Patriots. Like, how'd you botch that? DK Metcalf's another guy they could have, although I couldn't imagine Belichick wanting them. But, uh, but yeah, I think Titans we have to give more love to just because they're not a team with a lot of star power name-wise. But, you know, you watch them in terms of highlights every week, they're producing big plays. Even on special teams, they had that block kick against the Colts. Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with the home team here. I think I'm going to go with the Titans. I just I worry with the Texans with their O-line and just that defense. I don't think... That defense has always looked vulnerable. That kind of benefit from playing the Patriots, but it's just that secondary. You just, just not a lot of players there that you say, okay, he can make a difference. Like Roby and Johnson Joseph, these are corners I could get at. I like Merciless, but who else is there? Like no one's really played DJ Readers. Well, no. Cunningham is good though. He's solid. Yeah, he's yeah. solid. It's just not having guys like Watt. And I, I do think they regret training Clowney. I think Clowney, I know everyone talks about he's overpaid, but Clowney's still someone that could cause havoc and make an impact. So just, I don't, I, don't, I also don't think draft wise, they've really landed on too many guys and it doesn't help that they trade so many picks. That's the thing, right? They, they traded up to get Deshaun Watson. They traded away picks to get Laramie Tunsil, which I understand. I, I probably would have made that deal too because, you know, you want to protect Watson. You don't want him to follow a similar career path. Ah, draft capital. Yeah, yeah. So, But you just got to hit on these guys. So I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the Titans. I'm the Titans as well. All right. This is, I think, this might be, well, you know what? No, because the NFC East is so shitty. I was going to say, this might be a loser leaves town match. 
Rams and the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm not going to count the Cowboys. Especially with Week 16, they got Philly. Yeah. But you just need to see some response. Like They don't have to win, although they technically you want to see, since you're a Dallas fan, win. But they just have to look better on both sides of the ball. Everyone wants to talk about this offense not producing, but that defense got torn to pieces. Like Trubisky was looking like Vic out there. <laughs> it's the best comparison I can think. I'm trying to think, who could I compare Trubisky to? <laughs> Jesus. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez could have run the read option like that, though. Trubisky, he's an athlete. He just he's scared to get hit. Like that's the thing. People are like, why aren't they running more read option? Like why aren't they using Trubisky more on the run? It's just like he's scared to get hit. Mm-hmm. So I think here um, something to definitely watch out for is Cooper Cup. Uh, is he hurt? I just think the Rams are going more towards Higby, Gurley. Yeah, this dude Mundy is playing a lot. Like Cooper Cup played twenty nine percent of the snaps last week, and I am, I am shaking in my boots because as someone that is a Cooper Cup owner, dude, after like his thirty six point game, when it was the London game, mm-hmm. I was trying to like flip Cooper Cup for something, and no one in my league was biting for it. Damn. I was like, yo, what do you guys know that I don't know? And, and uh, Cooks, of course, Cooks has become a complete. I thought they're just more. They're running because the Rams were notorious for running uh, eleven personnel, like ninety percent. Now, like three wide receiver sets all the time. Now you see a lot more two tight end sets. Think about that wide receiver class of two thousand fourteen: Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Odell Beckham. Would you be shocked if three of those four guys are on different teams next year? When you factor in what they're making, like yo, Watkins is a top ten. Wide receiver yeah, based they on They can't salary. be thrilled with him. No, you can't yeah. be. I love all of them as town. I've never been crazy about Cooks, but I love I love Watkins Town. I love Odell's Town. So. Most overrated wide receiver that I've ever seen, Brandon Cooks. Definitely up there. Because I think he would just go on those wild like twenty yards, thirty yards, forty yard games, and then two ten. If if you press him, he can't get open. That's a that's why Belichick has such an issue with him. It's like he, you, he you, was, you get physical with him he, at the line of scrimmage. He's for not, me, he was a one trick pony. Yeah. You know, he was hey. a guy that ran drags or ran deep routes. Yeah. Hey, it worked for Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn's still out there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Ted no, I'm Ginn- just saying you have a value, but, yeah, but I get what you mean. Like, he isn't getting paid like this. There are two teams training first-round picks. Like, it's crazy that both Sean Payton and Bill Belichick viewed him as expendable. And Sean McVay might be the next one. Man, to be on a fourth team in, in five years, that'd be, that can't be good for you. No, because I think that's where it's heading. Because they're gonna have to pay. They're gonna have to maybe re up Robert Woods. Golf loves Robert Woods, and who doesn't love Robert Woods, man? This guy, he just gets after it. I love it. He's best blocking receiver league, but he's just so physical. That's another thing you you appreciate about him. Yeah. How how do you think this game plays out? Do you think it's gonna be another girly day? Because girly's getting more and more involved too. His look, he doesn't look like he used to, but his usage is. Pretty much where it's been in years past. I think not just that, but I think another concerning thing would if you want to look at this match was Dallas offense line starting to crack a bit. Mm-hmm. And you saw what the Rams did to Seattle. Like Donald, I thought had his best game of the year. And Fowler too. Fowler's going and even Clyde Matthews is contributing a bit. Just I think that D line could get after Dak. And you know, I think the Jalen Ramsey really saw this is like his first game where okay, you really saw the impact of that move. Troy Hill is playing well. Just I think that Ram they're starting to fire on all cylinders. Maybe not offensively, they're a little more conservative now, trying to play within Goff's limitations. But I think that defense is really turned on. And you want to look at coaching. Wade Phillips one of the best in the business, and you have him and McVay. It's just when Dallas plays against these premier teams and they're going against a really good coaching staff, it's hard to be confident Dallas just because you know they're not going to make adjustments, and you know more times than not they're going to get completely outcoached. I mean, if you want to just bet the Rams here, I feel like you should because the Cowboys haven't beaten a team over 500 all year. 
So if that trend continues, then you're probably looking at uh, what should be an easy conversion there uh, from a financial sports investment. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. I just think that I think it's going to really come down to week 16. And I just think that I, I would put Philly in the driver's seat just solely based off schedule. Like they have the Redskins this week. They play the Cowboys at home and then they play the Giants. Mm-hmm. So I I think this is a bigger game for well, you know what? It's it's a big game for both because no, the Rams, Rams are a must they gotta keep winning. Yeah. They, they just have to hope uh, Minnesota falls off a bit because I don't think they could catch up to Seattle or San Fran or dips in the wild card. I know they still have to play uh San Fran San Fran that Saturday night game. But it's just they gotta hope the Vikings slip at this point. I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah, I, I don't know how you could pick Dallas at any point. But, of course, it's just an intriguing game given that there's a lot of star power on both teams. And you just you think Dallas the extra, extra what, three, four days off? There needs to be some sort of response. They can't have another dud. So, I say that, but then I'm expecting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just, I hope it's a good competitive game. I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch a lot of it, unfortunately, because you got Falcons and Niners at the same time. But I do think this is an intriguing matchup. Hmm. Cowboys, again, in the 430 slot. Interesting. Well, they're playing against the NFC champs. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LA team also. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Last but not least, Buffalo goes into Pittsburgh. The flex. That game got flexed in today, which I think is right. It was Minnesota Chargers. Yeah. No, I think it's right because you got to figure that probably week 17, they'll probably flex that Texans-Titans game. That's the most logical one where, you know, they're already talking about Lamar Jackson potentially missing week 17. So, like, you get rid of the Ravens. And that's I know it's I know Seattle, San Fran play again, but who knows what the season is. That is that week 17? It is, yeah. Oh, wow. That yeah. Actually, I take that back now. That but we'll be, see what they're playing for. Who knows? It could be – might not play for anything. Yeah, both teams might have clinched. And it's like, yeah, because yeah, I, I feel like if it's the Titans and the Texans, that would be a game where it's like, you know – like it was last year. But a team like Seattle, if they could get the one seed, even Sam, well, who wouldn't want the home field, but especially Seattle. Yeah. You need that. Yeah, definitely. So, but with that? this game here, uh, you know, we talked about the surprises before with both of these teams in, in our segment earlier. And I think with Buffalo, their defense is going to play great because their defense always really plays well. I can't think of, you know, even like you said, Lamar Jackson probably had his worst performance last week against Buffalo. Their worst game was probably that game and when they played Eagles, the Eagles. Yeah. But that was also an Eagles team that was kind of in desperation mode. Philly really needed to win that to keep their season alive. Man, this uh this Steeler team, I don't I don't know if Tomlin's gonna win coach of the year and I know I've said this before, but I think he should. I and think it's either him or Kyle Shannon. Harbaugh? He's probably up there, but I feel like they might give it a hardball just because of like how the whole turnover and you know going from a pocket yeah, passer to Lamar true. kind of thing, and also they make a midseason trade that has really benefited them because their defense is completely different now with Marcus Peters there at the game winning breakup. I think this game is going to be a good one because Buffalo hasn't really played on a prime time night game in a really long time. Besides, like, the Thursday night games. But yeah. those are kind those of, like, everyone time. plays yeah. on Thursday night kind of thing. But they might get James Conner back. They might get Juju back. And it's going to be a fun game to see if uh, Duck Hodges can continue this. Because they're, they're, they're going with Duck to close it out. He doesn't kill him. That's to quote Mike Tomlin. Yeah. And I think that's perfect. Do you yeah. know what his limitations are? You're not asking him to do too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that the best part about that is that 
he's not going to kill you, which is exactly what you need. Yeah. I think Pittsburgh, especially given what they have with, I love Washington and Deontay Johnson. I just think those two, you could do so much with them, especially since Pittsburgh, they're trying to give Hodges as little responsibility as possible. Like make the safe throws. We're going to try to run a lot of reverses and a lot of motion, a lot of jet sweeps. So I, I do like that. They're just trying to, they know what they are offensively. They just don't turn the ball over, score 20 points and trust the defense. And I think in this type of game where they could do that, because I think they're going to get after Josh Allen, like, but Bud Dupree is another player we should mention. Like he was considered to be a huge bust, and I think he has nine sacks this year. He's playing like a legit Pro Bowler. Just that defense line so deep, and I think they're gonna rattle Josh Allen quite a bit because Josh Allen just not someone that could handle his pressure. Well, you saw Baltimore heavily blitzing them, and I think Tom's gonna see that and be like, oh, why don't we blitz Josh Allen five, six man rushes, whoever it may be, because Allen gets rattled pretty easily. So I think that's why I'm definitely in favor of Pittsburgh. But at the same time, Bolt. Buffalo has a really deep defense line. You guys like Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips. Like they're going to get after it too. So if you love defensive line play, this is a game to watch because I think these two teams are going to route both QBs. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like a 17-13 game here. 17-13. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Pittsburgh plays a lot of low-scoring games now. Both too. kickers are reliable, too. This is the rare game. It's like, all right, we got two reliable kickers. Hauschka and uh, Boswell. Boswell quietly had a redemption year. I remember... Last year, people thought he was going to get cut. He had like 12 misses. So, special teams factor. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, though, man. I think this momentum continues for them. Yeah, I have to go Pittsburgh just because I know it's weird. Like, you look at the quarterbacks, but I just Josh Allen is prone to mistakes. He's just too reckless for his own good. And, you know, I think Pittsburgh gang, I think Smith Schuster is more likely to play than Connor. I think he's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – I really think that it's just these three games and then – the rest of the slate is, you know, like the Monday night game is the Saints and the Colts. and Yeah, Colts, what a letdown. I thought, I know they're banged up, but I trusted that coach staff. They could win like yeah. eight, nine games, but yeah, they're completely out of at this point. Of course, New Orleans, look, they're one of the most exciting teams, although losing Davenport and Rankins, ooh, that's massive. That is, that is. I, they're definitely not my Super Bowl favorite after that because now their D-line's no longer deep. They're kind of back in the place where they got to rely on Cam Jordan to be a one-man wrecking crew, and it's hard to do that when you play teams like San Fran Green Bay, just be relying on that one passer and look their secondary i thought they were improving but they got got at pretty bad <laughs> that's what they gave all right enjoy the slate of games on sunday but alan big ufc card bro yeah uh three title fights they always kind of jam-packed this last like big pay-per-view in december i feel like amanda nunes is always on it you know so yeah, yeah 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 that's true. she's a beast like why not i know she do you feel like she should have been the headliner uh, no, because they're really trying to hype up the welterweight division. I feel like this welterweight fight's one of the bigger title fights in a long time. Like, not, yeah. to, not, to, not to discount Woodley, but I felt like a, a lot of Woodley's fights were a bit forgettable during his title reign. I feel like now, you know, with all the heat that Cody Colby's built up and I think Usman they're trying to get behind. So I can see why this is the main event. Are you a Colby Covington guy? Absolutely not. You're not? He is one of the worst things that happened in MMA. Really? I just... And he's not even living. We know it's a gimmick, but the issue is he's not. Now he's coming out like he doesn't even know what kayfabe is. That's the issue. Like yeah. he's basically saying this is a gimmick. Like if you're gonna go this route, like you're gonna go a huge political route, you gotta be fully behind it. And for him to like, not just break kayfabe, but now just admit this is a gimmick, it's just. I understand he need to resurrect his career. He was close to getting cut. He wants to be healed, but I just think he sucks at talking. But he is a tremendous fighter. Like I never seen Robbie Law get that brutalized. Well, not brutalized, but just completely overwhelmed. Fight. So you gotta respect his ability, but as a person, yeah, you get out of here. I'm uh 
I'm picking him to beat Usman. I think the pressure, the pace. The pace is crazy. The pace is no joke. Like that dude looks like he. Yo, what do he throw? Like five hundred strikes against Lawler yeah. or something? And he throws a lot of kicks too. It's not just punches. Because everyone says, "Oh, the Diaz brothers set that pace." But the thing is, Diaz's brothers primarily box. Yeah. Kobe throws kicks. Wow. So what he does, you have to tip your cap on. Like this guy just gets after it. I'm really excited to see Max. I think Max, you you were talking about it before we started recording, how. He's one of the more like must watch guys in in really like pro sports. He just gets after it. Yeah. He's so technical. Like he's just his combinations and and even though he doesn't really wrestle, he could hold himself together on the ground. Like how he stopped Frankie Edgar from all like Frankie Edgar kept shooting him. He stopped every time. Just a sprawl. His sprawl is really impressive. So yeah, Holloway is someone that you know you're gonna get so much action while watching. I think he's one of the more, you know, crowd pleasing champions we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I'm excited for that one, too, because I like uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, mm-hmm. too. He he has a crazy story. The dude weighed like 250 pounds not too yeah. long ago, and now he fights at 150, mm-hmm. uh, 145. And it's good. This division needs some more fresh blood. I feel like we've seen a lot of the same contenders. And now, like, Ortega's yeah. out. T-City's yeah. out. He, he's got pulled out of the fight with Korean Zombies. Mm-hmm. So that's a big name who fresh blood also, yeah. like, he's come onto the scene. So I feel like this division's just been all, though, and a couple other guys for years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Connor for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and then, Frankie. Like, it's really been the Max show, the Bless Express. Uh, I'm excited. I always love it when it's a big card. The guys and I will get together. Uh, yeah. As far as I go, you can find me at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets. Uh, check out Veterans Minimum everywhere. There's a LinkedIn. There's a Facebook. There's a Twitter. There's an Instagram. Going corporate now, LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Blue Wire. And yeah, is there anything else I got to plug? Nothing really, right? Uh, Twitch, YouTube yeah. channel, YouTube, yeah, the whole nine. Just yo, just follow. If you follow me on Instagram and shit, you'll find everything else. Uh, Alan, where can they find you? Alan underscore Stirk. That's A W L E N underscore S T R K on Twitter. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you guys later. <laughs>